Joe, you had a dream last night, didn't you? Weird one? I think you did. Yeah, it was pretty strange. What happened? So I dreamt that my neighbor's cat came over and, like, popped off a hairball all over our kitchen floor. He was, like, the size of another cat. So I, I picked that up and threw it away, and then I ended up having sex with uh, Anne Hathaway. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Tip one back, suck on the lime, and then pour one out for the Tequila Cowboy as he rides off into the sunset. While that might be good for the Steelers, it's certainly not good for me, it's not good for the media, and it's not good for this show. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of Dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. I wrote on my blog, at ESPNPGH.com. Find the Crowley Show drop-down, where I said that Todd Haley should be the sacrificial lamb, for a number of different reasons. That being one of them. He gets into an altercation at Tequila Cowboy, or just outside Tequila Cowboy, breaks his pelvis the week before a playoff game. The Steelers then go out, and yes, they put up 42 points, but a couple of his play-calling decisions loom large at the end. So, good riddance to Todd, who I like as a human, and I do like as an offensive coordinator, but sometimes... You just grow stale. And in this circumstance, I think it grew stale. And I think six years of that relationship, Todd and Ben Roethlisberger, it was time to say goodbye. He's one of the most accurate throwers, I think, in the league. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger comes out and says things like, I called that touchdown, whereas the... Fourth and one toss. Oh, that was all Todd Haley. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Todd didn't only do bad things. A lot of Steelers fans would argue that he did, but he did a lot of good here in Pittsburgh. The Steelers and the Saints are the only teams to rank in the top 10 of points and yards the last four seasons. Under Arians, Ben was sacked 215 times in less games. It was 2.95 sacks per game. Bruce Arians was Ben's chum. He was also getting Ben freaking murdered out there. Ben didn't like Haley. Maybe Haley didn't like Ben. But Haley had Roethlisberger only sacked 163 times, which was 1.89 sacks per game. That's less sacks. And more points put up. But yeah, Bruce Arians was the best. Ben Roethlisberger had a higher quarterback rating, more yards per game under Todd Haley than any other coordinator. Todd on the field was good for Ben Roethlisberger, largely. But that doesn't mean that Todd didn't have his bad moments either. Of course, the number one thing to be addressed here is that Ben Roethlisberger and Todd didn't have a great relationship. I don't think it's necessary to have one. But six years, bad relationship, that's going to grade on you. Todd also had questionable play calling. I think the two fourth downs in the divisional round will point that out. 
I thought the game plan in the divisional round was god-awful. Bubble screens and tosses against the fastest defense in the National Football League? Hey, how'd that work out for you, Todd? Also, we still have not heard why the Steelers don't have the quarterback sneak in the playbook. Roethlisberger says it's not because of him. The Steelers themselves, Tomlin and Haley, won't address why it's not in there. Ben says he doesn't even have an audible to call for it at the line of scrimmage. So, who's to blame? I don't know, but someone's got to go for it because that is asinine. So, see you, Todd. Also throughout his tenure, red zone failures became the constant, while everything else was inconsistent. The one thing you could count on is the Steelers failing in the red zone. And when that's the only thing that's consistent throughout a tenure, that ain't going to be good enough. Steelers' offensive game plans could have cost the Steelers the number one seed in the AFC after a slow start this year. Steelers got out of the gates in the first five games of the season. They were 3-2, and two, and... The Steelers didn't have an offensive identity. This is a team that was said, and the stated goal was to score 30 points a game, and in the first five games of the season, Steelers weren't really coming close to that. First game against a bad Browns team, the Steelers barely gave the ball to Le'Veon Bell at all. They almost lost that game. Against Jacksonville, the Steelers abandoned the run far too early. They lost that game. Against the Bears, the Steelers, against a bad defense, didn't put up enough numbers to win, despite the defense not giving up that many points. You want to talk about why the Steelers didn't get the number one seed, I think you could point to the game in New England, or when New England came to Pittsburgh, and the call that Ron Riveron, or Al Riveron, whatever the hell his name is, made. But if you want to talk about what the Steelers did to cost themselves, I think you got to point to the beginning of the season, when they didn't know who they were as an offense, despite having an entire training camp to figure out who they were as an offense. I've been the biggest Haley defender in this town probably for the last six years, but I now admit that it's time to go. Did the Steelers do the right thing? 412-922-2874. We'll start slowly with you today. I know it's been a hard week for you, Pittsburgh. We'll give you an easy question to ponder at 412-922-2874. And, of course, tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Randy Feekner is now going to be the offensive coordinator, according to multiple reports. Kirby Wilson will be interviewed for the job. I think that probably suffices to cover the Rooney rule. And that's about it there. Kirby did have an opportunity to get the job before. Then he had that tragic fire, and then he left to be a running backs coach somewhere else. But Kirby Wilson is not the guy to be the offensive coordinator now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got Bruce Arians in his veins. And the Steelers need less of Arians and more of what the Steelers have been doing, just with a better relationship between the quarterback and the coordinator. That's why Feekner is the perfect replacement for Todd Haley. I've also heard him called Finkter. I've also heard him called Feekner. I've talked to him. He's got the German thing. We're going to call him Feekner here on the show. If you want to call up and call him anything else, that's fine. Randy could suffice. Whatever. The Steelers' current quarterbacks coach will be the Steelers' new offensive coordinator, according to reports, and I think it's the right move for a number of reasons. I wrote about that on my blog at ESPNPGH.com. 
It keeps the terminology the same. Your quarterback's a million years old. He doesn't want to start from scratch. He said so much on his radio show the other day. He said, I don't want widespread changes. Well, getting rid of the offensive coordinator is a pretty big change, but not when you keep a guy who's a disciple of Todd Haley. Ben's old, doesn't want to start over. I totally understand that. And you've got an offense that has been scoring points the second half of the year. If Martavis Bryant comes back, if Juju Smith-Schuster comes back, and he will, in fact, Antonio Brown will be back. We'll see if Le'Veon Bell comes back. They've got the offensive line intact. When you've got that much coming back, you don't want to rock the boat too much. You don't want to tip the damn thing over. You want continuity. So I think Randy Finkner is the proper hire here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was also brought onto the field this year to be a buffer between Haley and Roethlisberger. So that tells you right there that the relationship between Ben and Randy is pretty good. And I do wonder if this gives Roethlisberger some more autonomy. The window's closing. Roethlisberger's only got a couple of years left. You need to make that guy happy. This move tells me they know that. And it also makes me ask this question. Get ready with your tinfoil hat. In fact, I don't even know if you need the tinfoil hat with this one. Did that guy, number seven, did he orchestrate the whole thing? Did number seven make us all happen? Did Ben Roethlisberger push Todd Haley's ass out the door? I think he did. And it was easy for the Steelers to say, well, we didn't can his ass. We just let the contract expire. But consider this. Roethlisberger's been taking passive-aggressive shots at Todd Haley all year long, and really even longer than that. The famous one to me, the one that always sticks out, is when Ben was hurt. And Mike Vick was the damn quarterback. And the Steelers went to San Diego and won on a final play with Le'Veon Bell diving over the pylon. Ben Roethlisberger said in the postgame that he drew up a play, a big one, to Marcus Wheaton that allowed the Steelers to stay in the game. Meanwhile, I had somebody from the Steelers organization, who shall remain nameless, Todd Haley, tell me, that it's a play in the playbook. That it's a play that they thought of going to in that game prior to the game because of the way that the safeties react to a certain action. What did Roethlisberger do? Pull out a stick and draw it up on the side of the field? In the dirt? Yeah, I don't think so. So Ben's been taking passive-aggressive shots at Haley. I think last offseason... Ben Roethlisberger saying he was going to retire, or at least was contemplating it, was to tell the Steelers, I'm not happy over here. And I know my dude Mark Madden from downstairs says Ben was fed up with A.B., and he was fed up with the circus that goes on in Pittsburgh, and that's why he said that. Well, I think the biggest part of the circus that he was fed up with was Todd Haley. He sent a message last offseason saying he might not be back. He's been sending messages all season long. And Ben's a media-savvy guy. He sets his own narrative. That's why Roethlisberger's show with Crook and Phony is an hour before the Mike Tomlin press conference every week. I think Ben made this happen, and the Steelers, there's nothing they could have done about it. Okay, you keep Todd Haley around. 
Well, Ben's going to be pissed, and Ben's going to be pouty, and maybe Ben starts poorly again like he did this year. And then all of a sudden you don't have the one seed. Then all of a sudden you're going to New England, if you get that far. And then all of a sudden you don't win a championship again. Roethlisberger forced the issue, knew it was convenient for the Steelers now with the contract expiring, and he made this get done. Ray Fittipaldo will join us from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette coming up in eight minutes to give his account of things. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. John tweets there, Haley going is justified. Leaving the defensive coaching staff intact is completely asinine. You're spot on there, John. And we'll get into that coming up at 440, and we'll talk to Ray about that a little bit. First, though, let's go to Mr. Anderson, who's out on the Parkway East. Mr. Anderson, hello. Hello, how's it going? Good, man. What's on your mind? Hey, you don't need Ray to talk about that. The, um, the defensive coordinator should have got fired, and Ben could have left along with Haley. I'm getting tired. Whoa. Almost had a, almost had a heart attack with this game. This up and down game every single week of, of nail biting and stuff. Hey, I don't want no guy in here who has to cow towel the Big Ben. So my thing is, the reason there, there's no quarterback sneaking there is because Big Ben can't get his big self down there and do it. So if he wanted to do it. He could have done it. And that's a fine point right there. Don't blame it on Haley. If he want, he has so much autonomy in that offense. If he wanted to do it, he could have done it. I think there's some but, truth to that, Mr. Anderson. As for your previous point about not wanting Roethlisberger to be around, give me a break. A lot of people will say, why'd they fire the offensive coordinator? They just put up 42 points against Devonta defense. In fact, John Butchagross from ESPN just tweeted that out not too long ago. I'll say this. The reason the Steelers scored all the points that they put up in this last game didn't have much to do with Todd Haley. I told you Todd Haley didn't have a good game plan. Fourth and five, Ben shucks one up to A.B. Two of the best players in the world connected for that touchdown. That was playmaking, not play calling. Fourth and 11, Ben says, screw it. F it. It was kind of petulant, and he throws the ball about as far as he can, and guess who runs under it? Another all-world talent, Martavis Bryant. That's playmaking, not play calling. How about Ben Roethlisberger to Le'Veon Bell, which went down as a lateral, but it was vintage Ben throwing the ball after the line of scrimmage backwards to Le'Veon Bell. That right there is playmaking, not play calling. You know what play calling cost the Steelers? Two fourth and ones. You know what play calling cost the Steelers? A bunch of bubble screens that went nowhere in this game. Wasted opportunities. As much as I've stuck up for Todd Haley in the past, the 42 points they put up, a lot of it was luck, a lot of it was skill, and not a lot of it had to do with play calling. As much as I do like Todd as a person, and as much as I respect his ability to get down and party, baby, it was time to go. It was time for the Tequila Cowboy to ride off into the sunset. Ray Fittipaldo, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, next. It's the Crowley Show. Todd Haley, gone. Is it Randy Fickner next? 
Now we find out Richard Mann has, in fact, retired as the Steelers are putting out a press release. I think Richard Mann, the Steelers wide receivers coach, one of the best in the biz, look at all the great receiver talent that he's molded here in Pittsburgh. That's going to be a loss, and I don't think people know how big of a loss it will be. Joining me now to discuss all that and more, he is Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, this team never allows you time to sleep, do they? No, they don't. It's just uh, news item after news uh, item, Adam. But, uh, hey, that's a good thing. I expected to be working this week anyway. I'm not covering an AFC championship game, but uh, plenty of news nonetheless. No doubt. Your thoughts on the Steelers saying goodbye to Todd Haley. Was this a move that needed to be made? Um, you know, I mean, you look at the statistics, uh, Adam, and, um, you know, the overwhelming answer is no, but when you look at the interpersonal relationships with, with both the players and within the coaching staff, then I think, you know, you, you sort of figure out why this, why this happened. So, um, you know, you mentioned at the top that Randy Feekner is a good candidate um, to, to replace Todd. I think it makes a, a ton of sense. Um, Randy's been an original member of Mike Tomlin's staff. Um, he's been the quarterback's coach for the last number of years after starting here as the receiver's coach. And with Ben turning, turning 36 and wanting to play three more years, he's the guy who could sort of, you know, write that final chapter, chapter along with Ben. So, um, not a surprise really at all today with, with Todd. And I, I would expect sometime within the next week, I, w- I would assume that, um, we'll go ahead and make it official that, uh, Randy is probably going to be the guy. That makes sense to me. I think it's the way to go, and it sounds like he's got a better relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. And here's the thing, Ray. I've kind of downplayed the Haley Roethlisberger relationship here on the show because I haven't heard that it's as bad, maybe, as it's been made out to be. But given the statistics of the Steelers' offense and the fact that now Todd's not coming back, I mean, that would scream in the opposite, right? I mean, you would think that that has everything to do with why he's not going to be here. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just one player, though, either, Adam. I, I think there were some issues within that coaching staff. Uh, Ed Bouchette wrote a story today where, you know, early on in Todd's tenure, you had assistant coaches leaving um, because they didn't want to work with Todd. So um, I, I think there was a little bit of that going on again here uh, this season. I think it was going to be one or the other, either Todd stayed or some other guys left. And, um, you know, Mike liked uh, some of the other guys on his staff, and he thought maybe the offense could, uh, you know, maybe use a little bit of a change-up. I mean, this has been a really successful offense in terms of yards, um, sometimes in terms of points, but when you look at this red zone offense and you're wondering why sometimes the Steelers are involved in close games, um, you know, this, this unit, and Ben's a big part of it. They they have to start to, to figure out why they can't be a good red zone offense. If they are, they'll be one of the top offenses in the NFL in yards and points. But as it stands now, you know they they pile up the yards and they don't always you know convert with touchdowns. So if there's one big dog that's ahead of the next coordinator, it's going to be um, trying to score points in the red zone. This is tough to parse, so bear with me here, but. In the Steelers' last game against Jacksonville, they did put up 42 points, but I would argue that a lot of that had to do with the playmaking, not so much the play calling. Fourth and five, chuck it up. Fourth and 11, chuck it up. 
that's a Hall of Famer throwing to another Hall of Famer in AB, and that's a Hall of Famer throwing to a freak in Martavis Bryant. Also, Ben Roethlisberger made a vintage Ben play when he uh, threw the ball in a lateral sense to Le'Veon Bell, and he scored a touchdown. It is tough to parse talent as opposed to play calling, but I'd say that when people throw the 42 points in the face of the people who say Todd Haley shouldn't have been let go, that's the response I'll have. Yeah, and I see that. I mean, you're looking at, at a situation, Adam, where if they don't um, convert those fourth downs, maybe you're looking at a 43 to 21 game. You know, so um, I, I definitely see where people are coming from with that. Um, you look at the play design of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they have receivers running wide open all over the field on Sunday. I know a lot of that had to do with miscommunications and you know malapses on the part of the. Um, the Steelers, the defenders, but, um, you know, good play design also gets your guys open too. And sometimes it doesn't have to be as difficult, um, you know, as it has been on the Steelers. So I think that's true. And I think, uh, you know, I'm anxious to see how the new guy, um, does it, whether it's Randy or it's somebody else that maybe we haven't heard about at this point. Ray Fittipaldo, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joining me here on the Crowley show. Uh, Heinz Ward's already being kicked around as the wide receiver coach. Is that something that, it has any basis in reality to you? Well, I mean, Adam, you were around the team uh, in training camp just like I was. He was a coaching intern, and then throughout the season, he would come up for a week every once in a while. I, I would say, I don't know how many times, maybe three, four times throughout the, the season, he would spend a week with the coaching staff, and he even went on that road trip to Cincinnati in early December. So, um, you know, it seems like that uh, is definitely a possibility. I don't know if if they would have gone to the trouble of having him, you know, come up so often if that wasn't going to be the case. But, hey, listen, the, the new coordinator might uh, might want to pick that receiver's coach himself, too. So we'll, we'll have to wait to see how that plays out. But I think if you connect the dots there and you look at how this has played out over the last six or seven months, Hines has been a pretty constant uh, presence around the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is that guy. Ray Fittipaldo joining me here on the Crowley Show. Ray, there's a report out there now that Mike Tomlin is not going to do anything with the defensive staff. Uh, I think Keith Butler should be allowed to stick around. Uh, I think he's done a lot of good things. I know that the second half of the season was not great, and there were a lot of miscommunications, as you've already alluded to. Uh, Other than Keith, though, I do think there might have been some room for tweaking, uh, given the way that the team performed down the stretch. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people have that uh, same opinion, Adam. But, you know, this was a defense that uh, was good early in the season, and um, they had some injuries, Joe Hayden and, of course, Ryan Shazier. So maybe they're thinking that they can they could tweak some things, and, you know, Mike obviously likes the, the staff that he has. So, um, yeah, I mean, they obviously the season ended with uh, just a, a terrible performance all around there, and, um, I, I think when you look at their off-season needs, I, I think you know you're looking at defense first and foremost when you look at free agency and, and the upcoming NFL draft. When you are looking at those positions, uh, who are the guys on this defense that you think uh, need to be replaced? And maybe that's a strong word, but the areas that they most need to look into, I think, are the safety position. I don't think Mike Mitchell played very well this year, and I've been a big Mike Mitchell defender, but this year to me was not good enough. And then, you know, with all due respect to Ryan Shazier, I of course the inside linebacker position is going to need to be addressed. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate. You know, it's a harsh reality, really, of, of the um, the NFL. You know, they have to move on and they have to search for Ryan's replacement. When you look at 
the way the three four defense is built, you know, the outside linebackers and the inside linebackers are sort of the linchpins to to how that thing is run. So I would imagine that would be the first pick, no later than the second pick. And then you mentioned um, free safety. Uh, Mike Mitchell is an $8 million cap hit this year. Um, if they wanted to rid themselves of the final year of that contract, it would only cost them, I think, $1.7 million in debt money, Adam. So that seems like a pretty good idea um, if, indeed, he did not play well. And I'm, I'm in your your corner there. I don't think he had a great year. So I guess it all depends on if they want to you know, get someone from the agency that they really like or if they're convinced they can get his replacement in the draft. But um, he had zero interceptions this season. He had only four in his four years with the Steelers. Um, they need some playmakers back there, and they got to start creating some turnovers, and Mike Mitchell just doesn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. On the offensive side, Ray, uh, not a lot of parts moving, but there are big parts, of course. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, my guess is the Steelers do put the franchise tag on him and then try to figure something out. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, I mean, Adam, they were going to do that in the summer. They offered him the long-term contract. And, um, you know, anytime they have all pro players, they do everything they can to keep them. And uh, Antonio Brown's a, a perfect example of that. Even though there's off-field baggage with Antonio, um, it's not even baggage. I mean, it's, it's the distractions. Even though um, he's a bit of a handful, they, they realize what he brings to the team. And I think that's probably the same with Le'Veon Bell. Um, you deal with a lot of stuff with social media and, you know, talking and that sort of thing, but there's really no one like him in the NFL. So unless anything has changed in the last six months where they've really tired of his act, I would assume they'll franchise him again and try to get a long-term deal done. But if they don't, they're going to be in the market for a running back because we, we all know how important um, Ben has relied on that running game and really the running backs in the passing game the last couple of years. If, if Bell isn't back, you got to go out and you know get a new running back in, in the draft in April. Martavis Bryant said he'd like to be back. What are your thoughts there? Because to me, I'd love to have him back, too, if I'm the Steelers, if he's going to keep his mouth shut, but you can never guarantee that that's going to be the case. Well, and he's, he comes cheap, too. He's on the last year of his rookie contract. I mean, there's not really much downside to it, assuming he's, he's going to behave himself. And really, it seems like since October, and that trade request was made, he seems to have come around. Uh, I talked to him on Monday, um, at, you know, the, at the locker clean-out, and you know, he 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 seemed like he was genuine that, that he wanted to return. And then Mike Tomlin on uh, uh, on Tuesday said the same thing. You know, he he had some uh, somewhat of a process to go through to understand his role this year. But um, since they came to that understanding, he was a much much better citizen, and he is actually a more productive football player, too. So um, he's going to come cheap. He can be productive, and, you know, if that happens, that's uh, you know that's quite a value for you. Back to Keith Butler and the defensive staff here with Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette. What would you say are the best things that Keith has done since he's come aboard, and what are some things that need to get cleaned up, do you think, before next year? I mean, to me, the, the mental lapses, the missed assignments. Um, you know, Cam Hayward put it all on the players on on Monday, and that's all well and good, but the coaches are paid to make sure the players don't have those lapses. And whether it's getting the right players onto the field who won't make mistakes or whether it's simplifying the defense, 
whatever you have to do, you can't have T.J. Yeldon running 40 oh. yards on a on a third and five late in that playoff game to, you know, put a dagger in your heart. I mean that that's that's the most obvious one from from Sunday, but there were plenty in in the first half too. So um, to me, it's just getting your getting your your guys in the right position, and you know whether that's putting less talented guys on the field who know what they're doing. Maybe sometimes that's better. I know they they draft for talent and they want to get guys on the field who can run and all that stuff. But um, up in New England, they make it they, they they get it done with less talented players and guys who know what they're doing. And maybe the Steelers all auto uh, you know follow follow that uh, thinking a little bit more. They might have a little bit more success with their defense. Bud Dupree, how do you grade what he did this season? Well, I was looking at it today. He only has 14 and a half sacks in his first three NFL seasons. And I know he was injured for, for, you know, the first two years of his career and didn't have complete seasons. So, um, it's going to be interesting. They got to decide by May if they're going to pick up his fifth year option. I'm not sure of the price tag on that. It's probably going to be eight or nine million to, to, to pick up his fifth year option. If they don't do that, you know where they stand. They don't really like him, and he'll be in Jarvis Jones territory. But um, you also have to remember they asked him to drop back in the coverage a lot. He did that without complaint. Uh, he's a team player, but there's no doubt. You draft these outside linebackers in the 3-4 at him for, for one reason. That's to rush the passer, to produce sacks, to produce turnovers. And Bud Dupree just hasn't done it with enough consistency. Ray, really appreciate the time, man, and appreciate you coming on all season long. Uh, it's been fun, and they've certainly given us a lot to talk about, dude. Thanks again. All right, Adam. I'll talk to you. Yes, sir. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We got pucks at 520. The beacon of hope here in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Penguins will be talking pucks with my man Jason Mackey, also from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, at 520. Coming up next... I'll tell you who needs to be gone from this Steelers team. I'll give you a hint. One of the guys already gone. And I'll tell you who needs to come back. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Garrett Cole just had his first media conference with the Houston media. And he said, quote, It's really special. Obviously, the organization puts values me very high, and that always feels good as a player. And it's refreshing to come into an environment where the team is willing to continually put resources into the club and continue to move forward and try to provide the best possible product for its fans, end quote. Why would anybody want to play here? Why would any baseball player want to come to Pittsburgh? You go to Houston, and you know they're going to try to win. Uh, They'll bring in the Justin Verlanders. They'll bring in the Garrett Coles. You go to Cleveland, they'll bring in the Edwin Encarnacion's. They'll bring in the Andrew Millers. They'll bring in the Jay Bruce's. Hell, in Kansas City, they brought on Johnny Cueto. In Pittsburgh, they don't care, man. And this BS way of operating can only get you so far. When you're not willing to add significant payroll, when you're not willing to build around the stars that you already have, you ain't going to succeed. And if you're not going to succeed, why would players want to come to Pittsburgh? 
for a couple of years, Pittsburgh seemed like the place to go if you're a reclamation project pitcher. But now, why would you even want to do that? Why would you even want to come here? Maybe if it's the last possible place to go, but other than that, beyond that, I can't give you one good reason. The beautiful ballpark? Yeah, maybe that's one. But it's Major League Baseball. They all got pretty nice ballparks. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. You know it's going to piss me off. In like five years, when PNC Park starts to become a little bit more old and outdated, Bob Nutting saying, I need the taxpayers to pay for the stadium. You know what I'll say then? Bob, eat me. You're going to trade PNC Park for a couple of cheap parks. Just rotate between those two parks for all the home games. Jackass. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We'll get to the Pirates a little bit more in depth coming up at 5 o'clock. Because I've got a couple of theories on why they've done the things that they've done and why they did them when they did. So we'll get to that coming up in 17 minutes. Steelers are a team that doesn't need to change a lot if they don't want to. On offense, pretty much everyone's coming back. The entire offensive line's intact. Juju and Antonio Brown will be back. Martavis, maybe. Le'Veon, maybe. Now, Le'Veon's a huge piece of this offense, and Martavis is a really good complementary weapon. So there are some pieces, but the large majority of the offense is going to be back. Defensively, same kind of thing. You're looking at another safety you need, maybe another pass rusher, and you're looking at the inside linebacker position. Here's who needs to be gone and who needs to stay. Mike Mitchell gots to go. As much as I like his off-the-field stuff, and I do, I like trash talk, he can't back it up. He was good for three seasons. This year he was atrocious. Four interceptions combined his first three years, zero this year. Barely got his hands on the football at all. Far too many times we saw somebody scream through the line of scrimmage for a long touchdown run, and your safety's got to make a play on that. Not good enough this year. They need a playmaker back there. They need someone who can take the football away. Think poor man's Ed Reed. You're not going to get Ed Reed, but think of an Eric Weddle type. Somebody who goes and takes the ball away. Steelers have had a lot of problems with big plays this season, and Mike Mitchell's got to be one of the culprits. When your safety doesn't have an interception, when your safety doesn't break up plays, and yet you've been hit for a lot of huge plays, he's a culprit. Might not be on every play, but he certainly deserves a lot of the blame. That's why I'm not bringing him back. Especially when you consider his replacement probably ain't going to get the best mentor with Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell's a competitive guy. He uses that to fuel his fire. I think he uses that for his benefit. But I don't see him being the kind of guy who would gently mold a guy who was brought in to replace him. That ain't happening. With Sean Davis, it works because he wasn't taking his position. With the next guy, eh, not going to happen. See ya. Goodbye, Mike Mitchell. See ya. Next up. Who's gots to go? Peasy. I like Joey Porter. I like the emotion that he brings to the game. 
But Jarvis Jones didn't get any better with him as the outside linebackers coach. Bud Dupree has not been good enough with Joey Porter as the outside linebackers coach. T.J. Watt came in and was good at the beginning of the season, but I feel like he hit a little bit of a wall. They haven't gotten the sack production. In fact, I think it's the second fewest sacks that the outside linebackers have had since they've been playing this type of defense or a facsimile of the type of defense that Dick LeBro brought here to town. Dick LeBro. Noise. Frat Dick LeBeau. So Joey Porter simply, in, in my book, got to go. Joey oh, yeah. Porter was a great player. Joey Porter, I think, is a good motivator. But his outside linebackers haven't done enough, and he gets into far too much trouble off the field. These two first guys that I'm mentioning, Mike Mitchell and Joey Porter, have oh, yeah. been just as negative for the Steelers as they have been positive this year. Uh, you go back a calendar year, Joey Porter is getting roughed up by a police officer outside of the flats on the south side. He's not a player anymore. You can't act like a player. And I like Joey personally. I really do. But you can't have that stuff. Joey Porter was also getting into trouble at high school football games. You can't have that unless you're really good at your job. It's not been proven to me that Joey Porter is really good at his job. Not to mention James Harrison falling asleep in his meeting rooms this year. Yeah, see ya, Joey. See ya. Goodbye, Mike Mitchell. See ya. When I was putting together this list earlier on in the week, I put Todd Haley on the list. Todd's obviously gone. I think Ben Roethlisberger had his hand in showing him the door. And I think it needed to happen because of the relationship between Big Ben and Todd Haley. If it is Randy Finkner coming in to be the offensive coordinator, it's the perfect move because not too much changes. You get the personality out, but the nuts and bolts of the offense remain the same. And you let somebody else try their hand in play calling, and maybe you give Ben Roethlisberger a little bit more autonomy. Those were the three guys I think need to go. One down, two to go. Here's two that need to stay. Le'Veon Bell, obviously, is the best running back in the National Football League. I think he deserved to be paid like the best running back in the National Football League. And he's coming off of a season where he stayed healthy all year long. That hasn't been his M.O. Up until this year, Le'Veon had never started and finished that same year fully healthy or without being suspended. But this year he stays healthy, he puts up all-pro numbers, he is the all-pro running back, and he makes the Steelers' offense go. As much as Ben Roethlisberger is probably the most important guy to the offense, I think that Le'Veon Bell opens up everything else. Running the football is crucial. And Ben doesn't have to play hero as much when Le'Veon Bell is coming out of the backfield. I always tell the story of a couple of years ago when the Steelers played Houston and Ben Roethlisberger checked the ball down to Le'Veon Bell who picked up 50 yards. When you don't have to play hero all the time, Ben Roethlisberger, when you get to check the football down to a guy who can create big plays out of nothing, you're also going to be a little bit more risk-averse. And it helps the offense avoid the turnovers. Le'Veon got to come back. Also, I want Martavis back. I really do. I know that the beginning portion of the season had Martavis acting like a baby back bitch. 
I know that the beginning portion of the season had Martavis Bryant going on social media, and I know that the beginning portion of the season had him ripping, even prior to the season, in fact, Sammy Coates on the Twitter.com. But what he provides to this offense is not easy to find. He could be that deep play threat. He scored a touchdown in the division game. He scored a touchdown against the New England Patriots when Antonio Brown went down. If Juju goes down, Martavis is incredibly important. If A.B. goes down, Martavis is incredibly important. And if both are healthy, that trio, that holy triumvirate, if you will, is maybe the best receiving core, and I think it is, in the entire National Football League. I don't want to see that broken up because Martavis is a baby. And he comes in on the cheap. Maybe this is Martavis's last year. It's his last year on his rookie deal, but you'd still get him for this year. And I think with him and the guys they have around him on that offense, they can win the Super Bowl. It's certainly a Super Bowl caliber side of the football. Here are two guys that are going to be gone. I wrote this earlier in the week, too. William Gay, see you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for autographing pictures for us so that we could give them away at the Carson City Saloon last Friday. But your time has come. I think the Steelers are undervalued at that corner position. The Steelers have Cam Sutton, Artie Burns, Mike Hilton now for another year, and Joe Hayden. Those are four guys that I think are going to keep getting better. Those are four dudes that I think you could build around. William Gay, goodbye. I also wrote down Richard Mann. I'm prophetic, man. Because I'm a major medium market star. Who do you think the Steelers should get rid of? 412-922-2874. Who do you think they need to keep? You want to see the Steelers keep Le'Veon Bell? You want to see the Steelers keep Martavis Bryant? I do. Despite all the antics off the field, despite the suspensions for both, despite their willingness and haphazardness on social media, I still want them to be back for next year. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. One guy that I don't want to see come in, Hines Ward. If Hines Ward's going to be the receiver coach, I mean, come on. You go from a dude who was in the league for 33 years and Richard Mann to a guy who's never done it before and a guy who has a propensity to be a little bit of a loud mouth himself. Heinz Ward just screams of Joey Porter to me. Heinz uh, Ward coaching the wide receiver position makes me think he's going to do a similar job to Joey Porter. Now, that might not be fair, but give me somebody who's done it before. Give me somebody who's going to help manage the egos, not a guy who's going to freak out and just add an extra ego to the room. And that's what Heinz Ward would be to me. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Who do you want to stick around? Martavis? Le'Veon? Who do you want to see go? Up next, the Pirates did what they had to do with Andrew McCutcheon. They didn't do a very good job in the return. And they also screwed y'all on when they did it. I'll explain. It's the Crowley Show. And just like that, I left everything. I dropped out of high school. See ya. I said goodbye to my girlfriend. See ya. And I left my family. 
Bye. Bye.